Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. This episode is brought to you by Pantheon. With years of experience in website management, Pantheon knows one thing for certain. Sites launched on its web ops platform that are built and supported by agencies find more success. It's why Pantheon has invested in building a product and partner program that serves agencies first. It's a win-win-win for Pantheon, its agency partners, and their clients. Today, over 2,500 agencies partner with Pantheon to provide exceptional digital experiences for their clients. Learn more at pantheon.io slash adweek. That's pantheon.io slash adweek. Hey guys, and welcome. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the Adweek podcast where we talk about marketing, media, technology, advertising, and pop culture because in the end, everything is an ad. I am Kamiko McCoy, social media editor here at Adweek and co-host of the podcast, uh, filling in for David Greiner this week. Um, He will be back next week. Um, I am here with our brand marketing reporter and our department's editor, Diana Pearl and Sammy Nichols. Happy to have you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Um, as always, if you have any questions after the show, you can always hit us up at uh, podcast at adweek.com. Um, today's topic is grad guides. So that's what we'll be talking about. Um, I know a lot. It's graduation season. A lot of folks are happy to have been able to move their tassel over to the other side and throw their, their hats uh, in the air. They're excited to cross the stage. So let's get to it. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Sammy, tell us a little bit about how the Grad Guide came together this year. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is our fourth Grad Guide. Our first one was in 2016. Uh, Anya Fernando had been uh, spearheading it, but she passed it along to me. Um, So I've just been working with our reporters as well as our story desk editors to uh, come out with some pieces like how to make a killer personal website, uh, when to leave your first job, which is always a tricky one, uh, freelancing, uh, body language tips for nailing your big interview, essentially just things that uh, will make it easier for 2019 grads to really stand out, uh, especially in such a digital world. Cool, cool. Makes sense. Diana, let me. One of the stories that you wrote was about leveraging your alumni network. 
tell me about how you kind of came into that story. Mm-hmm. What was like the highlight, key points of it, um, major takeaways there? Mm-hmm. Well, I came into it because I was assigned to write it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I actually spoke to um, Kelly Barnett, who is the um, she runs the Career Development Center at Syracuse University, which is my alma mater. Um, and I had just had like good experiences with her, and I know that she knows a ton, so I thought she'd be a good person to to speak with. Um, and she was. There was a lot of interesting insights from that interview um, about really like tapping into that alumni network. The point that she really made is that you don't want to like. There's a fine line between you know bothering people and asking for too much, but then not doing enough. She said that a lot of people get afraid to, to email people, um, you know, especially after they've met them for the first time and kind of made that initial connection because they're afraid of being annoying. But once people have like invested some time in you, let's say you met up with someone for a 30 minute coffee, um, but then they never hear from you again, they're a little like, what happened to that person? And, you know, even just sending off a quick email every six months saying what you're up to um, is enough that people still feel like, they know what's going on with you and they know what's up. But she really said that with your alumni network, you know, that is it's an initial connection and, and draw for people to like want to talk to you. And it's a good way to like get your foot in the door at, you know, maybe a company you might want to work for. Or even if you're in a city where there might not be a ton of alumni from your school, maybe you there's a company in that city that has locations in another city where more alumni are. Um, so let's say like like with Syracuse, there's a lot of us in New York. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're living in Iowa and there's like no Syracuse alumni in <laughs> Iowa. Um, nothing wrong with Iowa. It's just an East Coast school. And um, but there's a company that's in Iowa that has, you know, an office in New York. You connect with someone from that office in New York and then, you know, you have a discussion with them and say, hey, do you know so-and-so at the, the Iowa office or do you know anyone at the Iowa office that you can connect me with? And then that person connect, can connect to you. So even though maybe that person at the Iowa office didn't go to your school, um, you know, they're getting that referral from someone that they trust. And it's kind of just like opening – it's kind of like the six degrees of separation, so to speak, and mm-hmm. opening those – um, those doors. Um, but she also made the point that it's really important to like not ask for anything that's like super, that's like a lot for people to give. Like, don't just email someone and say like, Hey, can you read my resume or can you like give me a critique or can you read all my, somebody asked me to read their resume recently. It's been three weeks. I forgot. I will do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And it's obviously one thing if you already have like a, a, a friendship or a relationship with someone, but really just open the door with, you know, hey, can I call you on the phone and, you know, have 15 minutes of your time? Can I buy you coffee? And, and, and you know, people hate this phrase, pick your brain, but so maybe don't say that, but, you know, pick your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you start with something small and then you can work your way up to more as you really develop a relationship with someone. That's fair. I've actually been reading a lot of articles kind of in the same vein of what we did with Grad Guide about like when you approach approach somebody about picking their brain, a lot of it is about intention. Mm -hmm. What is it that you're trying to get out of it? Because a lot of times when you contact these people, even if they're in like you have your foot in the door with the the network of them being in the same um, having gone to the same school as you, um, they're super busy people. And Mm -hmm. your best bet is honestly to just hit them hard when you first come like, hey, um, I'm applying for this company. Do you know like specifically what are they looking for? like something that I can that's um, tangible like what Mm -hmm. can I do for you immediately you know and if it is pick your brain like have a set list of questions that Mm -hmm. you're ready to go with Um, I think that's probably one of the best things that I learned when I graduated was if you do approach somebody about what you need you know for picking their brain wise um, first of all don't use the phrase pick your brain (laughs) (laughs) it's just such an easy one to go to (laughs) second of all 
definitely offer to buy them coffee if you guys go for coffee. Um, and then make good use of the time there. You know, have have what you need to get out of them prepared and ready to go, like, as soon as your butt hits that seat. Yeah. So yeah. those are really, really good points. Um, being You mentioned that you graduated from Syracuse. Tell me, how do you leverage your, 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 your own network? And can that be replicated at, like, a, a smaller state school? Yeah. Um, I think, like... It could be replicated, though. Like I will admit, I'm I'm very lucky to have gone um, to a school that has such a, a strong presence in in New York, and especially in my industry. At every job I've had, I have either worked with someone from Syracuse or sat near someone from Syracuse. Um, and I actually got my job here at Adweek because my friend Katie Richards, um, who is a reporter here, referred me to her supervisor, who ended up becoming my boss. So, um, and I've referred you know countless friends, and you know it's it's really like this nice this nice network. So I think just keeping kind like keeping tabs on people not only the people who like I remember when we were in school there were always the people you knew of who had graduated a few years earlier who were like doing big things and you know you would try to connect with them but I also think connecting with your classmates like yeah. I think about the people who are in my major um and who I graduated with, and you know, they're all over at these big publications. One's at Pop Sugar, one's at Vanity Fair, one's at Harper's Bazaar. Um, you know, so, and that's like you know, someone you know in each of those places, which is you know a huge, huge advantage um, in terms of a smaller school. Um, I think that you know, no matter what, there's always going to be connections, and yeah. um, there's always going to be people you can reach out to. Um, so I don't know if it can be like I do think just like with a bigger school, it is like, there's just simply more people. Um, and I don't have a lot of experience with a smaller <laughs> school, to be honest. But I think there's always like, it's not like you work somewhere like, like here, it's not like everyone we work with went to Syracuse or Northwestern, you yeah. know, um, you're always going to meet people who are go from go to different schools. So I think really just reaching out to like anyone you can and really like doing your homework, like LinkedIn is a, a good resource for finding like people who went to your school who maybe work maybe not at the exact company you want to work for but something in the industry and yeah um just like finding those people and I really think that people are are really willing and receptive to talk to you if they know you have that um connection like I am so much more likely to respond to a LinkedIn message or an email from somebody who's a Syracuse student than somebody who isn't just because like I get a, a lot of those requests as I'm yeah. sure you guys do too and you know you kind of like I only have so much time, so right, it's but right. it's like yeah, I want to help somebody who like you have that shared experience, um, which I think is is nice. But yeah, not that I won't help anyone else. Syracuse <laughs> <laughs> only. Yeah, <laughs> but it is it's just like that thing that you know gets your your email noticed or mm -hmm. you know your message noticed. Yeah, it's that connection for sure. Um, Sammy, do you want to weigh in here too? Uh, yeah, I went to a really small school, Arcadia University. It had a very small uh, graduating class. So like I didn't, I was a little bit lost when I first graduated. I uh, did find a job right out of school uh, as a content manager of a health and wellness website. But I ended up going to a professor who I had, um, who I really connected with. Uh, his name is Michael Dwyer. He's fantastic. Uh, I ended up going to him uh, for advice a lot. And I think that that would be my biggest advice for anybody who's at a smaller school is really like, you probably already know a few people who you already look up to or you respect. Uh, there might, like, if you're lucky, there might be a couple professors that you really have hit it off with and who seem to get the path that you're going towards. And don't be afraid to reach out to them because that's what they're there for. And also, that's something that they really like, too, is hearing about uh, their students and what they've been doing and how they can help. Um, that's been something invaluable to me. I've been talking to him since I graduated, which was, wow, five years now. Um, and he's been fantastic. And he's also, you know, he. Uh, I've been repaying the favor that he's been giving me of 
he's been uh, connecting me with some of his students that he currently has and having me talk to them about um, editing and writing and that sort of thing. So uh, even though, of course, you shouldn't just say, can I pick your brain? You could, uh, you should try to, you know, be uh, kind about how you ask for their time. But there's ways that you can also repay the favor by offering to come and speak to classes and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, totally. You have a lot to offer as well. Yeah, I know. I think it's also um, important that you like go in with instead of yeah just like a general be like I really want to learn about like what is it like to like do social media at Adweek like at like a trade publication versus right. you know a, a newspaper right. or a you know a consumer facing magazine you know like go in with something more intentional and thoughtful you know people appreciate you know, like one thing that Kelly said in our interview is like people like to talk about themselves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you ask like these, you know, personalized questions that it's, you know, not that hard to come up with, you know, three or four of them, people are going to be receptive to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that comes in on what you said about like doing your homework before mm-hmm. reaching out to them. That goes out to PR people as <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there, there are people from my school who have reached out to me um, and they've done it in different ways where one person has said, uh, hey, I'm really looking to get into writing, uh, but I have no idea how to start. Uh, I know that this is a lot to ask, but I was wondering if you would be willing to talk to me about it. And the way that she said it was so kind. I was like, yeah, of course, I'd love to. And we like kind of talked about how each other's lives are going before we got into it. Whereas this other girl who was kind of rude to me throughout school and she just suddenly DMs me and says, hey, uh, can you get me a job at Adweek? And I'm like, no. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, that's not how you do this. That's what's not to do. (laughs) That's so funny. We're actually going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Pantheon. Websites are one of the most important brand assets. Whether you're building a new site for a client or managing multiple sites, Pantheon is your partner in success. More than 2,500 agencies trust Pantheon's web ops platform to power their clients' websites and deliver best-in-class digital experiences. Learn more at pantheon.io slash adweek. That's pantheon.io slash adweek. All right, and we're back. I actually want to move right back into the mentions of you guys talking about what school you graduated from and how you landed your first job. I want to ask, if you could do anything differently... Um, what would it be and why? Um, well, I was very lucky when I, I – the summer before my senior year of college, I interned for MarieClaire.com. And it, at the time, it was a really small team of only three uh, – Sta- like staffers mm-hmm. um, so I really got to do a lot as an intern and ca- prove myself so they started giving me freelance work throughout my senior year um, and that was just kind of set to continue when I graduated and I was going to move to New York in August and then start coming in it was it's like a full-time freelance situation which you work in media you're very familiar <laughs> with um, basically where you come into the office and you're like essentially a full-time employee in terms of the hours you work and the the work you do but um, you don't get health insurance or um, in my case I've didn't even get like super regular pay. It was all like per project. Wow, that's um, fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. <laughs> um, it didn't last too long, and then I ended up getting referred by that boss to go work at um, at L, um, which was like owned by the same company and on the same floor. Um, but my real like first like real big girl job, I guess, um, that like did have benefits was at People, um, mm-hmm. and I got that. You know, I think March 2015. Um, so a little bit after I graduated, but I was, like, doing these freelance things and, like, wasn't in a rush to leave them because they were, you know, like, interesting um, jobs. I guess in terms of what I would do differently, I really liked um, all my experiences, and it was kind of nice that I did get to move around a lot my first mm-hmm. year. 
Um, I don't know. I feel like one thing that I think not even about when I first graduated, but it's easy once you get that first job to think I I don't need to network anymore. Yes, and like oh I like I'm good, and I like I, and you do feel like oh. You know, even if with I had like old bosses and things like that, that you you do genuinely like them and are so thankful for them. But you know, you know they have busy lives. You don't want to. You think I don't want to bother them. I don't want to annoy them. Yeah. Um. But I do wish, in some cases, I had been more proactive about with certain people, like really keeping up those emails. And it's easy, especially once you settle into a job that you like and you don't see yourself leaving. And that's why I wasn't people. I stayed there for over three years. You know, I think that that's something that's really important, even if it's just yeah, that email every six months that says, "Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still at X Y Z and like really liking it." Yeah. You know, hope to see you around soon. Because yeah, like some. You know, I think, like, do I really have time to get coffee with people every six months? Right. Maybe not. And I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same way. Um, but I think even just, like, keeping that email communication is something I wish I had been a little bit more diligent about in my, like, first year or so out of school. Yeah, that's good. Sometimes I, I feel the same way. You know, I whenever I graduated, like, I think one of the big things that people told me, they were like, network, network, network. Like, don't forget any of your classmates, your professors. Yeah. But I always felt like I had to have something to say. Like, I had to have, like, yeah. some tangible action for them. Agreed. Which makes sense. But at the same time, um, you know, someone networking with someone that you already have that connection to can definitely be just like a, hey, just keeping in touch with you. Just want to update you on what I'm doing. Yeah. Hope everything is well. You know, especially coming from a you know, student that they saw graduate, I think it means a lot just for you to kind of keep in touch. Yeah. I do also think, though, that, you know, like, it, you should be proactive about it. But if you, like, maybe you fall off the wagon for, like, a year or two, I don't think that means, like, those connections are dead. Right. Like, I had a girl that I worked with at Marie Claire who I hadn't talked to for probably two years, not because I didn't want to. You know, you just get busy and you don't see someone that much and it just happens. Um, and we got drinks and it was, like, no time had passed and totally great. And I think that you can do that, but it's it's better to just do it from the start. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy? Um, yeah, I think the, the thing that I would have done differently is when I f- was in school in senior year, I had an internship as like a writer at this health and wellness magazine. And then I was kind of doing – after the internship was over, I um, it, he hired me to do uh, kind of like content management sort of thing. Uh, and then he offered me a full-time job uh, right outside of – right after I graduated. And I was so thrilled that I had a full-time job immediately that I just took it. I didn't negotiate a higher salary. Mm-hmm. It was like I got paid peanuts for doing like a really large job. There was mm-hmm. only one or two other people there. Um, and I ended up doing so much work all the time. And it was really, really great uh, experience, but I ended up being pretty unhappy. And I think that – if I had done it differently, I would have realized, okay, I don't have to take the very first job, like, immediately. Yeah. And even if I do, like, it's okay to take the first job you're offered, but uh, I'm worth more than that. Like, I can negotiate. Mm-hmm. I'm Like, just because I'm fresh out of school doesn't mean that I don't have something to offer. Yeah. Uh, so I think I would have taken some more care with that, maybe applied to some other places, uh, definitely negotiated for more money. Yeah. That's fair. That actually kind of ties into, so I also wrote a story for the grad guide, mind focused on how to navigate being the youngest person in the workplace. And I think that probably would have been um, the one thing that I did different. I graduated from a, a small school, Georgia Southern, um, in right outside of Savannah, Georgia, in Statesboro. And um, when I graduated, I did took, I took the first job that I was that I was offered, and I was the youngest person in there. And I think if I would have known then what I know now, I think I would have been a little bit more adamant about 
kind of standing in my truth and saying, you know, you know, I learned these things in school and I'm pretty familiar with how it works. And like, I want more, not more responsibility, but more um, agency, mm-hmm. you know, um, in that. So I think that's probably the one thing I would have done differently, just like having more confidence in what I knew I was able to do yeah. instead of kind of shying away and being like, well, I'm the youngest, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat or anything like yeah. that. So. I do think that is a balance though, because you don't want to come in and be like, well, I know everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. They're like, there's a very, I think a fine, a line. fine line. Yeah. Cause it is easy as the youngest person to feel like, yeah, I can't say anything. I can't do anything right. like that, that I'm not just told to do. Um, but you also don't want to have you know, people get very, I feel like, sensitive about millennials or I mm-hmm. guess now it's Gen Z graduate <laughs> com- coming in and, you know, ruffling feathers and doing yeah. all sorts of things. So it's a fine line, but I think a one that's very possible mm-hmm. to strike. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, I mean, there's also the issue, even in 2019, of being a young woman in particular, mm-hmm. of uh, kind of, you know, wanting to kind of be doing everything that everyone asks without even questioning not like it's it's really difficult to strike that balance and assert yourself but also not yeah come across as like just a millennial who thinks that they know everything right Mm -hmm. right for sure for sure um speaking like kind of within that same vein um since we're kind of on the topic of post-graduation um what are in your opinions some misconceptions um especially about working in this industry that you guys think (laughs) people should be aware of I think that there is a lot of pressure um, that, I, that I certainly felt um, when you graduate, especially in media, to work at somewhere with a flashy name mm-hmm. and to sort of like land your dream job yes. the minute you graduate. But the thing is, your first job is not going to be a dream job. Like likely, like at least in um, you know editorial, you'll likely be an editorial assistant or maybe um, a staff writer. Like you know, you're not going to be you're going to have to do some administrative work and most likely and, you know, maybe book some conference rooms and that kind of thing. Um, And I also think it's important to remember that, like, okay, maybe you land at your dream job, you know, your dream agency, your dream publication when you're 22. Mm -hmm. We're not really in a world anymore, you know, where people stay at jobs for yeah. 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I worked with people at people who had who had been there since they graduated college and they had been there for over over 20 years, but that's kind of just not the world we exist in anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um in kind of any industry. So, you know, you think, okay, let's say you get your dream job at, at Vogue right when you graduate, you know, what if in five years you still haven't gotten a raise? And, you know, not saying obviously if you get your dream job at your dream, and I say this in quotes that nobody can see, but, you know, <laughs> if you get that job at Vogue, of course you're going to take it. But I think don't if you don't, it's okay. It doesn't yeah. mean that it won't happen later. Yeah. And honestly, when it happens later, it will happen with a title that you're more happy with and that has more responsibility where yep. you actually get to do more of those responsibilities and tasks that are truly a dream, I again say in quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think don't don't feel so much pressure. Also, sometimes when you're at somewhere smaller and you know with less of a flashy name, you get to do more, um, which is huge and that can help really boost your resume and help you get that next job. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Big fish in a little pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah, and I would add like it's it's a tricky time in this industry whether it's advertising or uh media. And that's not to say that people shouldn't go into it. I think absolutely you should, but you shouldn't beat yourself up if you don't get into exactly like the job that you thought you would by your early 20s. Like it's it doesn't there's nothing wrong with going to a a smaller agency mm-hmm. or a smaller publication and 
it is a tricky time, especially if we're talking about media specifically. There's been a lot of layoffs. There's been a lot of restructuring. Uh, There's a very large pool of talent. And that's not something that you should feel discouraged by, but rather uh, understand that however you make it, you make it. Like however you make it work, as long as you're doing what you want to be doing and as long as you're treated well, you're doing a good job. Yeah. I also think people don't talk enough in college um, about – how important it is to like the people you work with and oh like God, your yes. manager. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, loved Syracuse, but I don't feel like they talked about that kind of at all. And it's the most important thing. Like if you, you, everything could be perfect on paper. It could be the perfect place with great responsibilities that you're really excited about the work you're doing. But if the people are, are mean or, you know, not supportive and you're not in a good environment, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, it's probably the number one thing more so than, I think, honestly, anything else. Like, mm-hmm. you spend most of your waking hours with these people. You, you gotta, gotta like them. You gotta <laughs> like them, you know? It's yeah. so important. <laughs> and that's a thing that is a problem, and not at all places, but a lot of the big-name, flashy places, they are allowed to rely on the fact that people will want to work there because of the names. Yes. They don't really maintain the work culture and employee benefits and that sort of thing as well. So a lot of times it is better to start out at a smaller place, and then you can get, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. times you can get a better pay and, like, negotiate better at those sorts of places, and then you have something to stand on when you try to move into something larger. Yeah, absolutely. As for my misconceptions, I want to pedal back to what I said earlier about being more confident and kind of, like, standing your ground, having your own agency when it comes to um, knowing your stuff in your first job. Not every idea is going to be a good idea. Not everything is going to be a a home run. You know, sometimes you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. So, like, I think um, we want to encourage baby steps, you know. Um, sometimes a little bit goes a long way. Um, sometimes it's just a small piece of input. But yeah, no, it's not going to be like, a, not everything you do is going to be like a scene from Mad Men. Like, you know, mm-hmm. some stuff is just like, that seems good in theory, but like, yeah. let's take it back and let's rework it or it'll be completely shot down. Definitely don't be discouraged. You know, just kind of go back, pick up your chalk again and figure out, you know, where do I start from? How can I make this better? Um, so that's that's what I would say there. All right. Do you guys have anything else that you want to add on this topic? I'm trying to think. So much, yeah. And I also, I always tell people, like, don't stress if you don't have a job right when you graduate or even the first couple months. Like, you will get a job. Everyone gets a job. (laughs) And again, like, the first job you get is not going to be your forever job, most likely. I mean, like, sometimes that that can still happen. I know people are still at the same place as they were when they graduated and they've Mm -hmm. really been able to move up. And when that happens, it's amazing and fabulous. But um, it's okay if it doesn't. And, you know, don't just remember that everything is, you know, life life is short but also like life is long and your career is long and you know you're only at the beginning and yeah you have so much yep. more time to go so don't stress and honestly like I really think if you can take the summer off obviously I know not everyone's <laughs> in like a financial position to do that but um you know it's it's take nice. time for yourself yeah, like, take breaks I, I like was freelancing for Marie Claire at home I, that summer and like I went back and worked at a restaurant and I like look at that now and I'm like why did I do that I didn't even make that much money mm-hmm. you know and it was just like the like the money was not worth like missing that time with my family especially because now I like don't live in the same city so I think like you know this is truly one of the last times you'll have in life before you know your time off is determined by vacation days and Mm -hmm. things like that so you know cherish that Yeah, yeah absolutely and don't let comparison be the name in the game like I feel like it's so easy to kind of compare yourself to all the people you graduated with and how far they are compared to you and there's also like just the problem of people like casting judgment like there's nothing wrong with living with your parents for a while if you're in the position to do that just because 
previously it used to be 18 and then you're out of the house doesn't mean that that's how it is now. You make it work as someone how you who make it lives work. on their own, milk mm-hmm. that as long as you can. Ride yeah. that gravy train as long <laughs> as you can. Truly. Yeah. And like there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with how you choose to live your life as long as you feel like it's true to what you need. And mm-hmm. as long as everyone in the situation is comfortable. If your parents really don't want you to live with them, maybe that's a different <laughs> yeah, situation. Yeah. That's a different But like, there's nothing wrong with taking a second to really figure out because you've been on this path for 12 years of like constantly thinking, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I got to ace this test. I got to figure out this class. Now is the time when you can pause and think, okay, what do I really want to do with what, everything that I've learned and take that direction? And there's nothing wrong with taking a second to totally. just breathe. Totally. Yeah. I even I think it's it's good if you can. I guess not twelve years, sixteen years. I can do math. <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> it's hard. All right. Well, I definitely want to thank you guys um, for joining. Grads, there have been nothing but gems and major keys dropped here. Please, please, please take them all into account. Um, Diana and Sammy are, are awesome. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up and say goodbye. Do you guys wanna sing the out of the box song? The no? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> we'll, move. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, and thank you guys for joining. For people who want more about Grad Guide or want to get in touch with you guys, uh, what are your Twitter handles for them to be able to find you? Twitter is Diana, D-I-A-N-A, Pearl, P-E-A-R-L, underscore. Mine is Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y, Nichols, N-I-C-K-A-L-L-S, no underscore. Awesome. Um, And for everybody listening, we would love to hear your graduation story. um, If you landed your dream job or if you took an unusual path or anything like that, Uh, feel free to email us at podcast at adweek.com or you can tweet us at adweek. Um, Speaking of graduation, uh, adweek is on the hunt for summer interns. So if you have an interest in social media, community and voice or education, please email us for more information on how to apply. Uh, And we'll be back next week. Our theme music is by Home, and this week's episode was produced by me with production assistant by the great Nick Gardner and editing by Lane McGinney. Thank you guys so much, and see you next time. Bye. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.